With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bed Bath & Beyond is back with more to choose from than ever before. At the new Bed Bath & Beyond, you'll find all the products and brands you love, along with a huge new selection of furniture, decor, and everything else you need to create the home of your dreams. All in one amazing online store. Download our new app and save even more with exclusive deals and offers. Plus, get free shipping right to your front door. Welcome to a bigger, better beyond. to another installment of the chaotic sports podcast i'm your host and content creator patrick brown and tonight we have a very jammed packed show for you all a lot's happened over the past few days um want to say thank you to all those that have been listening and following along tonight's episode is sponsored by the grid sports podcast network where you can find my show along with other podcasts and youtube shows as well on this network if you haven't subscribed please do you're going to miss out on a whole lot of great content if you don't subscribe so you can't say i didn't tell you ahead of time but first off what a very very chaotic mess this week has been in the world of sports the tool situation i'm going to give a very strong opinion about this whole situation Because there's not much more that needs to be said. I'm going to dive into this Imei Yudoka situation. It's really, let's just say I have some very, very strong opinions and insight about that on from a, not only from a basketball perspective, but from a uh, relationship standpoint. 
Dallas Cowboys take a bite of the Big Apple and get a divisional road win against the Giants on Monday night. And let's see here. Can the Raiders right the ship? Because each loss is sinking their season one by one. Can they get this right? Is Josh McDaniels over his head? I may have an answer whenever we get to that particular subject or topic, I should say. And of course, we've got the the picks of the week. My week three picks, I was horrible. I went two and five. And I'm already off to an 0-1 start because I picked the, the Dolphins to win the Thursday night game in which they lost. Not only did they lose the quarterback, they lost the game in general. But we got some picks of the week coming up. There's just a whole lot going on. And I was away for a few days from my social media accounts to kind of give myself a, a recharge and kind of refresh my memory and bank a little bit. And due to mental health and uh, my work schedule and Everything else in between life happens, y'all. So without further ado, I would like to put a disclaimer in tonight's episode because the first two topics are going to be very sensitive and touchy matters. So I'm putting this out ahead of time before I get to those uh, the topics I'm about to start with. Here we go. The Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, Tua was concussed on Sunday. We all know that because he hit his head on the turf in the Buffalo Bills game. And how he managed managed to finish that game after they ruled it out as a back injury. He should have went through concussion protocol, which he did, and he cleared. But as this story started to unfold after... Thursday night and the the team the unaf, uh the doctor who was not affiliated with the team was fired today through multiple failed mistakes however you want to put it that hit he took Thursday night I tell you what I don't see how it's it's disturbing in all honesty because after his head hit the turf, and I watched it in real time, and then I watched it a few speeds slower, he should have been out there on the field Thursday night after, on a short week. I'm sorry. The Dolphins could have started Teddy Bridgewater and wrote uh, tried to right the shift with, with Teddy under center. The defense hugging it for as long as they could, but man. NFL, y'all got a few... Y'all let this young man down. The NFL is going to have to answer for this. And the Miami Dolphins, for some reason, it's something fishy, no pun intended, with this situation. It's very fishy because you knew he was concussed Sunday. Why did you let him go back out there and finish the game, knowing that he could barely see anything and you ruled it as a back injury? That's malpractice, if I'm not mistaken. That is an illegal in the court of law. If you know someone would mind, you know, correct me on that. But how this played out, I was not. I don't know. I, I was disturbed, and I was I I cringed because his hands look like a cat claw whenever it's paw whenever it's turned up. That's what it looked like. Cause that's the first thing that caught my attention was like. Did his hands really do that? Because that looks something out of a horror 
movie that was scary and it was just a cringeful sight to see. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't because it was <sighs> Thursday night football to me when they added this game. It sounded like to me that there was it's it's the NFL is a multi-billion dollar a year business. They're in the business of entertainment and making money. But if you want to talk about player safety, which they were opposed of adding this Thursday night game over a decade ago, a lot of players were against it. The fans, some of the fans liked having football Thursday nights, but me personally, I, I was not a fan of it when they made the decision to do this on Thursday night football. And it gives other teams that don't get primetime games on Sunday nights and Monday nights to, you know, have that Thursday night game. Guards, if you got the the dumpster fire teams on Thursday night football, it gives us something to watch. But after what happened with Tua, I, I don't think that the NFL should, you know, continue on with Thursday night football. It was a concussion, but simple fact of the matter is this could have some serious repercussions later on in his life. We understand that football is a very violent sport, very violent. And we as fans, we look forward to the big hits and the big plays, but Tua got flung like a rag doll. If you did not see the play, it it's cringy. So if, if you can't handle the contact or just how his body responded after the hit, I recommend you not watch it then. On the other hand, the Dolphins have some explanation to do. I believe they're going to be fined and they're going to lose some draft compensation. That's just me because Roger Goodell is going to hand down whatever hammer he can to the Miami Dolphins because they know good and well that Tua had a concussion Sunday. Point blank. There's not much more that needs to be said about this whole situation for the hope that he will probably miss a minimum of maybe two games and go through proper concussion protocol because if that had been performed on Sunday, he wouldn't have been playing Thursday night. No ifs, ands, or buts. As fans, we cannot, I repeat, we cannot get mad at players who want top dollar for their services. Stuff like that can happen within a snap of a finger and a player's career can be over with. The money's going to roll in, but they're not going to be able to enjoy the money because they're going to have to spend a good chunk of it going through mental health therapy, physical therapy, and live with the results of a violent, vicious hit that they took. Now, if I'm not mistaken, it was been over maybe 15 or so years ago, the NFL paid out over $800 million to former athletes for uh, concussion uh male practice and all that I don't think the NFL wants to go through that again over the next decade or so paying another you know almost a billion dollars to former players for this magnitude we've got to do better NFL you have to you have to do better what more needs to be done you have your multi-million dollar a multi-billion dollar business and you can get the best neurosurgeons in the world for these teams no ifs, ands, or buts. This is one of the things that a lot of parents fear with their children playing football. It's a fun sport. It's a very physical and violent sport. 
all the technology that we have, not only that, I think we need shock absorbency uh, sensors in these helmets so, you know, these uh, scientists and all that can see what all's going on. I mean, there, there probably is technology for that, but man, just, I hope for speedy recovery and, and hopefully he's back on the field in the two weeks, but his career and longevity is what's, you know, important right now is the post-football life because most players that take that kind of hit, some of them live to tell about it and some of them don't. But when you see a player get carted off the field like that, it it kind of gives you chills. It's like, man, that's those are the kind of hits we've been trying to eliminate in football. But, man, that just just going into the turf like that, I I don't know. I, I cringed and just like the rest of the football fans, why was he out there playing Thursday night to begin with? I think that's the biggest question that hasn't been answered and the Dolphins will have to answer for that because it's going to come back on them one way or another. Ladies and gentlemen, I it's it's just one of those things you have to process, but for the sake of Tua, I hope that he can clear the protocol and let this be a lesson learned for teams and for the NFL because that was unnecessary. The That was... I, I'm trying to move on from it, but the more I've thought about it and I've set on it, it's just it's just one of those things like, man, I mean, I watched it again and it looked like his right guard kind of let that defender off the hook. So it was almost like it was a free play. It was a busted play and he got slunk to the turf and that's all she wrote. And the hands, I'll just remember, remember the only thing I remember about that play is his fingers being curled. It was, like I said, it was something out of a, a horror movie. And Stephen Ross, he's a multi-billionaire owner. He's going to pay for the fine. They should be stricter draft compensation because, as I said, th- this is this is unorthodox. This is uncalled for in one way or another. But NFL, we're, we're watching and we're waiting because I know there's an investigation going on. Let's just hope you do the right thing and slam the hammer down on the Miami Dolphins as an organization and send a message to the rest of the teams that if you break concussion protocols, you will be dealt with one way or another. Uh, Another topic I want to dive into, this whole Emei Udoka situation. When I first heard about it about a week or so ago, I... I wasn't what you say shocked or surprised by it. It was more or less like, wow, uh, breaking a violation of a team rule and you knew the rule was in place, you know, and whatnot. And then as more details started to come out within, you know, a 24 to 36 hour span that it was a consensual relationship with a female employee of the organization. Ladies and gentlemen, Two wrongs don't make a right. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Two wrongs don't make a right. And what really irritated me to no end was how the media was calling NBA insiders and their connections to see who the woman was that he had this consensual relationship with. Was she married? Was she single? Uh, team directory. They they went. They went above and beyond just to see who this woman was and try to out her like that. The media, 
you ought to be ashamed of yourselves for just doing that. You know, all the women in that organization doing them like that, putting them on, putting them out like that. It, it wasn't fair by any means of the imagination. On Ime Doka's part, he abused his position of power. He honestly did. Crude language towards this woman, advancements, and I, I can't respect a man that does a woman like that. I, I'm just being honest. I, I can't get down with a man who wants to, you know, treat a woman like that. I can't be friends with you because if you're going to disrespect women in that regard, whether it's physical, emotional, verbal, it it doesn't. I I, I can't respect you for that. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. We we can't be friends if you're going to act like that. And we don't know if this woman was married or not. If she was, how long this had been going on with this consensual relationship. If this particular rule was in place, they both knew what they were doing before they got intimately involved with one another. Let's, let's just call a spade a spade. He was in a committed relationship with Nia Long, the actress. They have a child together. This woman, she's now emotionally traumatized by all this because she feared for her job in the process of getting involved with the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Now, from a relationships point of view, I am no expert, but I'm going to break it down layer by layer. They're both going to have to rebuild their trust with their with their partners. They're going to have to go through counseling and therapy and all this other stuff before they can, you know, get back to normalcy. And not only that, it's basically you lose that trust. You basically lose everything in a relationship. Because when a man does wrong and he can keep it in the dark for so long, it comes to the light, vice versa. It's just a simple fact of the matter is both individuals were wrong he abused his position of power, and it ultimately has cost him a year suspension. And now his job's in jeopardy. The female, on the other hand, her identity has not been revealed, but how the media has treated this is, is just, everybody's got mixed emotions. I, from, from a man's perspective, how in the world can you put yourself in a situation? Workplace relationships don't always work out, ladies and gentlemen. Why would you put yourself in that position? If you're in a committed, loving relationship with someone, why would you go behind their back and, and do the wrong like that behind closed doors and abusing your position of power? Because once you start this type of relationship with someone, it can get messy. That's one of the things I pride myself on as a man. I don't get involved with workplace relationships with any female colleagues, period. I see them. Hey, how you doing? Have a good day. Have a good night. Whatever the case may be. I, I'm not the type of person that I, I, due to the way my mental capacity is set up, I, I can't get involved like that. Social events is one thing, but workplace relationships and stuff like that, I, that I have to draw the line on that. And you can make fun of me and laugh at me all you want, but that's just how I feel. I respect the woman's worth and value enough that I wouldn't dare to get involved with someone that I work with that I got to see every day because once everything starts to go downhill, everybody on your job knows your business. You both end up in HR. 
there's a compromising that takes place or you move to a different department or you're given some sort of verbal warning or coaching session by your, your supervisor or whatever the case may be. With this particular situation, it was misproperly handled. It, it was, how did the Boston Celtics let this get leaked to the media? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We wouldn't know anything about it until probably when the season started. And here it is. Training camp's already started. And the players got to answer questions about this. And... The head coach, who's the interim, he doesn't have much of a. Uh, he's got a checkered past, and can, I can only imagine the women in that organization that have to walk on eggshells right now. It's very uncomfortable, for, uncomfortable for them, and putting a coach in an interim position with. <laughs> it, it, I I don't know. I don't know what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. I I can't put my finger on it. But it's, it creates a very insubordinate culture in organizations in the work environment. How can you go to work and do your job if you're not, you know, there's no structure. There's no accountability. You put these rules and policies in place, but you don't enforce them. It only applies to certain individuals. That's one thing that I've noticed over the years being in the workforce. There's rules for one set of people and then there's rules for other people. So it doesn't apply to any of us except whenever it, it goes down to the wire. Somebody's done broke the rule and they keep breaking the rule. But I feel for all parties involved and this is going to be a lot of emotional, psychological barriers that are going to have to be worked out one way or another with Ime Yudoka and his status with Nia Long and the woman who was involved in this consensual relationship and if she was single married. Now she's going to have to go through, you know, being known as the woman that had an affair with the head coach. As far as the Boston Celtics are concerned, this derails their season by a long shot. A team that went to the NBA Finals last year is now dealing with scandal for for a whole calendar year because they're not going to be able to get out of it. The players had, can't even focus on basketball without starting, you know, the season trying to figure out who the uh, who their new their new coach is going to be if the coach they have now is going to get through the season. I tell you what, fellas, ladies, do yourself a favor. Don't get involved in workplace relationships. S- save yourself from yourself before it gets out of hand. Don't abuse your abuse your position of power. Don't don't take advantage of someone. Don't don't do this stuff. It, it's too many layers and too many feelings and emotions are involved. And maybe that's just me looking at it from a different perspective because I wanted to hear the facts before the story got out. Once all the rumors started swirling, it was like okay. Where do we go from here? 
what to believe, what not to believe. We've yet to hear from the woman, and it's probably a good thing that we necessarily haven't because she's still dealing with the emotions. It's it's a whole lot of unnecessary trauma that's then been brought on by a man abusing his position of power as a head coach and the woman falling victim and prey to his demands in order to solidify himself as, you know, the head person in charge. If you're supposed to be a leader among among men, you don't leave like that. That's not a leader. How can you expect to tell the young men on in that locker room this is this is how this is how we do things. This is how men supposed to act. Some of these kids coming in today into the pros, they look at their coaches as, you know, a father figure and a leader. You have to practice what you preach one way or another. And this is why I don't think that this is far from over because it may have opened up Pandora's box into other stuff that could be going on inside organizations that we've yet to know about. But let's go back in time to the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. What if the players we idolized growing up and the coaches and all that and they had we had social media in that particular era? How would that make us feel today? With all the technology, clickbait. It was bad enough we got the we had the tabloids was you know had stories every other day, juicy stories and rumors and all that like they still do today. Social media is just more open with it because everybody has access to it. Everybody has a camera phone. Everybody is has text messaging. We have emails. It's technology is a blessing and a curse at the same time because what used to be private is now public and what used to be public has now went private to a degree what's done in the dark comes to the light what comes up must come down one way or another you can't dice it any further than that but i hope for the sake of all parties involved that the emotional and psychological issues can be resolved and then we can talk about the basketball side of it because once we figure out from there, what's he made Doka's future going to be? It may be a while before he gets ahead another head coaching job. But if the Boston Celtics were going to fire him, they wouldn't have suspended him. That That's just being honest. If I'm a team governor and this was going on, I'm relieving that head coach of their duties right then and there. I, I'm not going to let that linger and hang over my franchise knowing that I've got to be held accountable myself for this kind of behavior that was going on in a work environment. I'm the type of person, if if I hold myself accountable to a standard, I'm holding everybody else accountable to a standard as well. It goes both ways. And it sounds like to me that the Boston Celtics really, I don't know, it it doesn't make sense to me, but if this rule was already in place, everyone knew what the deal was. Regardless if you're head coach, assistant coach, trainer, athletic trainer, psychiatrist, whatever your position you hold within the organization, that rule applies to you as well. If players are not allowed to, you know, have consensual relationships with cheerleaders, whatever the case may be, the same goes for anyone that's in upper management. Point blank. 
I don't know how much more I can say on that, but that's just my perspective on this whole situation because everybody's gave theirs. I said on mine, and that's why I put the disclaimer before I started the episode that these topics, the first two, were very sensitive and touchy because I felt it something a different perspective needed to be outlined and, and pointed out. As we transition into the the recap of week three, if you watched that game Sunday night between the Broncos and the 49ers, I was not impressed by it. In all honesty, I wasn't. 21 points. I picked the Niners to win only because I trusted Kyle Shanahan more than I trusted Nathaniel Hackett. But if you like defense, that, that was the game for you. I like defense, but neither quarterback played well until Russell Wilson led the, uh, the game-winning drive, which they got the touchdown, which put the put them up for good at the end of, near the end of the fourth quarter. And then Jimmy G does Jimmy G things and throws an interception. After the safety that he had, it it was like, man, this, this game can't get any worse. And I was watching the ticker feed on my on my uh, ESPN app and I was like man this game's getting kind of boring and I'm checking Twitter it's like man this this game is not impressive at all I'm I'm sorry this, this game did not live up to the to the hype but man it was a hot mess in week three speaking of hot messes the Indianapolis Colts shocked me ladies and gentlemen I'm I'm shocked because I had them getting blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs, 40-21. to 21. I thought the Colts' season hinges on this game. What kind of response was they going to show, was they going to put forth? The Chiefs beat themselves with them stupid penalties. And that muff punt by Sky Moore a week or two ago, I was like, yeah, this dude's going to be a good player. But man, you muff a punt and you basically give the Colts points. Come on now. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy, Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Alan Lazard. I mean, these these guys have this team. I there was no way they shouldn't have lost that game. I'm sorry. They shouldn't have lost that game. The Chiefs shouldn't have. But the Colts, you shocked me. You got me. I I got something for y'all at, whenever I make my picks of the week. Stay tuned. And another game that was uh, not really a shocker, but the New York Giants 2-0 start was a fluke. I said last week when I made my predictions that when these two teams played, the Cowboys and the Giants, we're going to see the Giants get exposed. And they did because they're one-dimensional. Danny Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley is all they have offensively. Their offensive line is terrible. Evan Neal it, it looks very uncomfortable playing right tackle. And every time you looked up, Demarcus Lawrence was in the Giants' backfield. Sacking Daniel Jones. He had three sacks on the night. It was a sack party. Saquon had that one good run. And everybody's like, oh, Saquon's back. He's back to rare form. Oh, he's going to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you fooled me. You fooled me. I wasn't fooled. Because one thing I do know about the New York Giants, 
They get hyped up for their divisional games and they usually fall flat on their face. The Dallas Cowboys offense ran the football fairly well because as we know throughout the course of this season of since that whenever he just, whenever he comes back running the football is going to be the success to the first getting wins. And what really impressed me most is when we had the rookie Tyler Smith at left tackle and Jason Peters playing left guard and the running lanes were opening. Tyler Smith, ladies and gentlemen, may be a perennial all-pro player. I know we're so early in the season, but Will McClay, my hat's off to you, my man, because you found a diamond in a rough. I was skeptical of the pick, but man, you get him out in space, he is a mauler. I mean, like, good night. I'm like, who is that? Is that that Tyler Smith right there running? Yeah. Big fella was out there running like it was nothing. I was like, okay, this pick may work out. Because one thing we are bad at, Cowboys Nation, we were the the most penalized team in 2021. And it kind of felt like that trend was going in in that direction to start the season. Like, man, this is going to be the same wash, rinse, repeat. The Cowboys are going to shoot themselves in the foot with penalties and then play from behind. I credit Cooper Rush for this team's success offensively. The running the football, Keller Moore has really opened up the playbook a little bit. Cooper Rush is doing what he's been asked to do, and that's manage the game. Don't do anything silly, you know, just go down, march downfield, you know, get get us some points. CeeDee Lamb still has a case of the drops, but that catch he had in the end zone with one hand was beautiful. It's just CD, my biggest my biggest thing with CD Lamb, Cowboys Nation, he sees yards after catch before the ball touches his fingers. It's turn up, then catch it. It should be catch the ball, then turn up the field, CD. And that's one of the things. It's like boom or bust with him. CD or bust because he could be a fairly solid number one, but he's a 1B. He's not a true number one. With, with Michael Gallup coming back Sunday afternoon, we're 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 gonna see this offense, this aerial attack gonna, you know, take off a little bit. And Noah Brown, he I, I could have been wrong about him. He's playing like a number one. He's going up and getting balls where a CD and Jalen Tobert haven't. I don't know if that's just the repertoire that he's built with Cooper Bush as they've been on the practice squad for so many years. But Coop, but Noah is Cooper's go-to guy whenever he wants to play. He wants to get some chunk yards. He he finds number 85, which happens to be my my birth month and day, which is August 5th, 8-5. So shout out to Noah Brown for having my my two favorite numbers on your on your jersey. Anyhow, this Cowboys defense. Hasn't given up a whole lot of points. They've only averaged, you know, 17 points over the last three games. The defense only given up 17 points. That's that's really good if you really add up and, and over an overall average. Trayvon Diggs has been better in coverage than he was last year. Uh, I haven't seen much of Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis, 
But Trayvon's really took the next step into being a covered corner and locking down on the opposing team's number one receiver. Going up against Mike Evans week one, Jamar Chase week two, and Kenny Galladay last week, I believe. And my gosh, Kenny Galladay, that, that signing looks worse and worse, Giants fans. I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry, but that's the last true big free agent signing in the Gettleman regime. And, and that looks like a total waste of money. He's robbing y'all, if truth be told. He had one good year and Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Detroit and an earning a payday of, you know, making $21 million a year, which was the going rate. And that's basically a hometown discount right now with the numbers exceeding well into, you know, 25 and right at $30 million for a wide receiver right now. But the defense, I mean, you got, you got some pieces on defense, but your offense is terrible and I said it two weeks ago their start is a fluke just give it time and your my point will be proven about the New York Giants Des Bryant was in the stands for that game wearing a Trayvon Diggs jersey saying yeah we're going to take a big bite of that that giant pack tonight I miss Des Bryant in all honesty Cowboys Nation I don't know about y'all but Des was the fiery emotional player that we need on this team Everybody could get mad at him for his tantrums. But I tell you what, name a receiver who wasn't emotional in the in the NFL over the course of, you know, several decades. You had your, your good boy receivers that just play football. You had your bad boy receivers. And then you had your your receivers who just had that dog in them that went after that. They wanted those catches. They wanted that big stage. Des wanted all the smoke, regardless of who it was. My favorite Des Bryant memory, not to get off topic a little bit, but 2014 when the Eagles played the Cowboys in on Thanksgiving Day in 2014, and we lost that game. Des Bryant reminded Philadelphia, we'll see you in two weeks. Be ready. We'll see you in two weeks. Well, that Sunday night game rolled around, prime time in Philadelphia. Des Bryant went off. If I'm not mistaken, he had three touchdown catches, and he ate Philadelphia's corner all night long from start to finish. I'm waiting on C.D. Lamb to do that. How bad does C.D. Lamb want to be that guy? He can be that guy, but does he have it in him to be yards after catch or C.D. Lamb the lion? As, you know, the great Skip Bayless refers to him as a lion and not a lamb. But we're, we're going to find out about this team in the next, you know, tomorrow against Washington and against the Rams uh, the week after next. And then that showdown with Philadelphia, in which Dak could probably be back. But we'll, we'll see. Moving on to a team that's been an utter disappointment. 
and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Ladies and gentlemen, Josh McDaniels was not the right hire to be the head coach of the Raiders. He wasn't. I don't see a coach who's confident in his play calling. Maybe he's getting in over his head a little bit, you know, being a play caller and not having a, a great defense behind him that he had in New England with Belichick being the defensive architect that he's known for. The Raiders' front's decent. It's just their back end's terrible. They they get off to these slow starts and then they shoot themselves in the foot in the end because when it's time to make a play, it seems like Derek Carr, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. They've got Devontae Adams. I don't know what's going on with that connection. They've got Darren Waller and they got Hunter Renfro, two premier guys at their positions. Max Crosby, shout out to him for beating addiction and, and turning his career around for the better. But man, th- this this ship is sinking really fast for the for the Vegas for the Vegas race uh, Vegas Aces Raiders I should say I'm thinking the Aces basketball team the Vegas Raiders and they they've got to right the ship in the right direction because they can't afford to lose another game and this game coming up with Denver on Sunday afternoon is a get right game for them. But, man, maybe they should have hired uh, Rich Passaccia as the head coach. He can he galvanized them, and they respected him because the, he expected more out of them as he would himself. Josh McDaniels, you went for the, the big, splashy name, Mark Davis, and you may have failed. Josh McDaniels, may he may coach for one season for all we know. And I know... It's a new system and whatnot, and Derek Carr's getting used to, you know, to, you know, Josh McDaniels, you know, and putting that Patriot way to to the Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders don't really have a stability and culture. I mean, they're just now getting out of the John Gruden era, which was a complete disaster, and hopefully he's not on the football field ever again, John Gruden, for the stuff that he said and was, you know, those emails and everything that he that went on last year with the with him and the league and all this other stuff when he was working with ESPN as a Monday night uh, football commentator. But the Raiders, where do they go from here? They need a win in the worst way. Maybe we'll get maybe they'll get a victory tomorrow. But I'm gonna get my prediction here shortly. Let's see what else we had that took place. Uh, alrighty. Man, a lot of mess going on in the world of sports. It's chaotic. It's just a matter of, you know, we're getting the season started good. We're going into week four. Teams who we thought were going to be perennial and separate themselves, it's it's still wide open. I mean, you've got the the Green Bay Packers survived in Tampa, in which Tampa should have won, but Tom Brady has nobody to throw to, ladies and gentlemen. I thought the Packers... Receiving core was was horrible. No Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. Uh, I mean, who's Tom Brady throwing to besides you know guys that doesn't get a hold of a whole lot of playing time? But man, we've we've got ourselves some good games tomorrow. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get us some picks in for this week. 
Let's see if we can find us some music here. We're going to see here. Get our music going. There we go. Let's get down. Let's get this show started with what we call the chaotic picks of the week. First game on deck. We have the Ravens and the Bills from Baltimore. Two potential MVP caliber quarterbacks. One has been a unanimous MVP in Lamar Jackson. The other quarterback, Josh Allen, is a potential MVP candidate. I didn't like what I saw from Buffalo last week. They played as about as good as you can get, but they just come up on the short end of the stick and the humidity in Miami. The Baltimore Ravens got a, a, a statement win in New England last week. That I mean, it was an onslaught. But this game tomorrow, it may be the best game of the day. Two hopeful AFC title contenders. Two MVP quarterbacks. But man, I went back and forth with this game. I'm not even going to lie. I went back and forth. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens in a shootout with the Buffalo Bills. 38 to 34 with, excuse me, 38 35 with the Justin Tucker walk off field goal to win the game. My beloved Dallas Cowboys will host the first ever Washington Commanders at ATT Stadium. Now, Carson Wentz will probably be the recipient of two Trayvon Diggs interceptions. And likely three sacks from Micah Parsons and maybe Demarcus Lawrence. This Cowboys defense has lived off getting after the quarterback and leading the lead in sacks, if I'm not mistaken, through the first three games of the regular season. And the commanders, they're wearing all black jerseys tomorrow, but that's not going to help them win. Carson Wentz is going to, you know, lay an egg. I just hope that this is not a typical trap game for the Cowboys and it turns into Denver 2.0 after coming off a big win and then laying a big egg against the Washington Commanders. This defense is going to redeem themselves a little bit. They're going to get after Carson Wentz. I say he'll be on. I say the Cowboys attack him about eight times. I'm just going to go out of limb eight sacks tomorrow. And this team, this game will likely be over with in about, uh, probably about maybe midway through the third quarter. Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott are going to run wild. CeeDee Lamb's going to have a bounce back game. He had a pretty good game Monday night. He's going to have a pretty decent game. Michael Gallup might be on the pitch count. I expect Noah Brown to have, you know, contribute to the party. Give me the Dallas Cowboys, no questions asked, and a score of 34 to 10. And we move up to 3 and 1. Washington falls to 1 and 3. Moving on 
Moving on. The Cleveland Browns take on the Atlanta Falcons. This one was a no-brainer for me. The Falcons got their first win, which I picked in last week in my upset of the week over Seattle. But Cleveland Brown is a very good run team. They have a pretty good defense. They got this guy by the name of Miles Garrett. I don't know if he's playing tomorrow, but they've got a pretty good defense. They got a pretty good run game. They've got Amari Cooper, pretty good wide receiver, former Cowboy. I'm taking the Cleveland Browns in this game. Give me 30 to 20 in favor of the Cleveland Browns, the visiting team. Next game. I can't believe I'm doing this for another, you know, second time within the last three weeks. I'm picking the Detroit Lions over the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know what it is about Detroit. I love Lions, but I don't like the Lions team as a, as, as a whole. As far as their organization and how they've done their star players. But something about this Detroit team, they're going to be in some games. They've been in some competitive games. They should have beat Minnesota last week, but couldn't close it. But I don't believe that they're going to have a letdown this week going up against the Seattle Seahawks. I'm taking Detroit in a 34-23 win at Ford Field tomorrow. Next game. I don't know what's going on with the LA Chargers. Justin Herbert's banged up. No Rashawn Slater, he's done for the year. Joey Bosa's on IR. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This this team just feels like it's it's going backwards before the season gets started good. They play the Houston Texans. And I am taking the Houston Texans to beat the Chargers 28-14. to 14. And the Texans get in the win column. Next game is a coin flip game for me. I went back and forth with this game because I don't know which team has been worse. Either the Broncos or the Raiders. And I'm just to the point where anything can happen in this game tomorrow. Vegas is in desperation mode. If they can play mistake-free, and a clean game, they have a chance. But Denver's defense is legit. Bradley Chubb, Pat Sertan, Bradley Roby, and this good run game they have with Melvin Gordon, if Russell Wilson can just, if him and Nathaniel Hackett can get it together, they have a legitimate shot to win this game. I don't trust uh, Josh McDaniels by any stretch of imagination. The Raiders would do dumb stuff to cost themselves the game. With that being said, give me the Denver Broncos 29, the Las Vegas Raiders 23, and what will be a very ugly 
finish with either a Derek Carr fumble or interception. Whichever occurs first. Because they're not going to get in the end zone. If they win tomorrow, I'll come back on my show next week and give them their props. But right now, it's a toss-up. I I went with the Broncos simply because Russell Wilson and that Denver defense. Moving on to the Sunday night game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. Our continued thoughts and prayers for the city of Tampa and the Florida region as Hurricane Inn has moved in and out and the flooding and whatnot. I I hope everyone was able to evacuate like they were supposed to. But their football game will go on as scheduled because it didn't, I don't think it affected that. You know, the fans, it's, 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 there's going to be heavy hearts in the stands tomorrow night at uh, Raymond James Stadium. There's going to be heavy hearts because it, football brings people together. Tough times don't last. Tough teams do. I believe that this will be a game of emotions for Tampa. But in the end, I believe... Tampa wins one. They will win 24-17 over the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know how Tampa comes in this game tomorrow night. Knowing that they let one get away on Sunday against Indianapolis. And they beat themselves. Rest assured, I do believe Tom Brady, the GOAT will lead the Buccaneers to victory tomorrow night and dedicate the game to everyone in the Tampa area, Tampa, Florida area. Again, the Buccaneers defense is probably the number one defense in football right now. It's better than the Super Bowl defense in 2020 when these teams last met. This could be the the last matchup between the present player and Patrick Mahomes and the outgoing man we we've grew to love and hate at the same time and Thomas Everett Patrick Brady Jr. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twenty-four to seventeen. And what's gonna be a very emotional game for everyone with heavy hearts. Moving on to the Monday night game between San Francisco hosting their division rival, Los Angeles Rams. This is a rematch of the NFC Championship game from last year. The Rams got their... They... I don't know. These two teams know each other very well. Kyle Shanahan is 6-1 against Sean McVay. Last year was the Jimmy G... Mistakes that didn't need to be made. And if the the DB on San Francisco Cisco had caught the ball and intercepted it, the Rams are probably going to the Super Bowl and their divisional opponent stadium in Los in Inglewood, California. I trust Kyle Shanahan. I don't have any faith in Jimmy G. But this is the game that the 49ers 
get themselves juiced up for every single year. Twice a year they play in Santa Clara at Levi Stadium and in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. It's probably going to be a whole lot of Niners fans in the stands and a very few select Rams fans. I like Nick Bosa being in the backfield, getting after Matthew Stafford, D. Ford, Fred Warner. This defensive front is going to get after it. And I believe they redeemed themselves and closed this game against their division rival, the LA Rams. It's going to be ugly. It's going to go down to the wire. I will take the San Francisco 49ers to beat the Los Angeles Rams 24-20 to and what's going to be a very ugly game from start to finish. If Jimmy G can play a clean, mistake-free game, the Niners will win. If he starts throwing interceptions or making careless decisions with the football you give the Rams life seriously you two know each other very well all of America's watching it's Monday Night Football you're at home you need to redeem yourselves from only putting up 10 points against the Broncos on Sunday Night Football which was an epic disaster but I got the Niners beating the Rams by a score of 24 to 20. Week 5 Thursday night football. It is between the Indianapolis Colts traveling to the Mile High, Mile High City to play the Denver Broncos. The Colts play the Titans on Sunday. I believe the Colts will beat Tennessee. I think these games are relatively close. I will take the Colts in this matchup with Tennessee. Give me a 23-17 ball game in favor of Indianapolis. Then they head to Denver next Thursday night to play the Denver Broncos on a short week. I will take the Denver Broncos at home on Thursday night football to beat the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the score, uh, it, it, the score is gonna, I would say, be upper twenties. I'll take Denver, 27-23 over Indianapolis. Those are my picks for this week. I hope I'm a lot better this week than I was last week. There were some games I didn't touch because I know that they're gambles. If there was a game. That I was going to pick for my upset of the week. I was going to take the Jaguars and Eagles game as my upset of the week. As a matter of fact, I will take that game as my upset of the week. Philadelphia's looked really good. But is their 3-0 start a fluke? They beat up on the Lions. Beat up on the Commanders. They beat a fairly good Minnesota team, so... One of the first three wins was it was fairly good, fairly good win. I'm not going to say the Lions game was. I mean, it's a victory, but they shouldn't allow 
you know, for them to score 21 and answer in the second half to nearly come back and beat them. Trevor Lawrence is that dude. I think this game itself could be kind of a back and forth. Doug Peterson going up against his former team. He knows them very well. It's a big game for Trevor Lawrence. We're going to see what this team's made of. I will take the Jacksonville Jaguars in the upset over the Philadelphia Eagles. I might sound crazy. That sounds like a whole lot of chaos. But I'm not picking the Eagles. I'm a Cowboys fan. Why would I pick the Eagles? I, I would never pick a divisional opponent to win a game against an opposing team. That's not me. I'll take the Jaguars in the upset. Because Doug Peterson is going to probably want some redemption against his former team. He knows that team, the offense, a little bit. Jalen Hurts. The Jaguars are going to be in this game. Trevor Lawrence is, is that dude. This will be a big statement win for the Jaguars. I will take this final score of 31-27 Jacksonville handing Philadelphia their first loss of the season. That's all the picks we have for tonight. That is all the chaos we have for tonight. I want to say thank you to everybody who joined me, who took time out of their day and night to listen to the podcast. As always, you know how I feel about mental health and how open and vulnerable that I am with this particular subject matter. Please, please make sure your mental health is in a safe space. If you had to take sabbaticals from social media, I recommend it. Do what you have to do to make sure that your mind, body, and spirit are safe. There's days with this weather changing, and I'll be very honest with you all, seasonal depression is real. As the days get shorter and the nights get longer, I tend to want to sleep longer during the afternoon because I work a night shift. So I'm up during the night and I sleep during the day. The weekends are are kind of tough. I'll, I'll say that much. It's, it's tough cookie for me. But I'm doing what I can to make sure that I'm in a safe space mentally. I take my sabbaticals. I take time to, you know, light incense and, you know, go down to the park and, you know, feed the ducks and, you know, just, just kind of relax and meditate a little bit. Just enjoy being outside in, in nature and seeing, you know, looking at things respectively in the midst of chaos. It helps y'all. So please, please make sure that you're you're well. If you're not feeling okay, you feel anxious, you feel depressed, please seek treatments. Go see a counselor, go see a therapist, you know, medication, you know. There's resources out there. Don't be afraid to ask for help. It's it's one thing that you bottle up all your emotions and then it weighs on you day and night. It it's a ripple effect on the rest of the body. Even to all my younger audiences out there who are listening, even the little kids, it's okay to not be okay. I I'm I can I can say that. And I I'm a recovering patient myself. 
I've been through a lot in my life. I've been dealt some blows, low self-esteem. I'm being open with y'all. I'm being open with my podcast audience and my followers because that's who I am. I'm I'm a transparent individual. I I don't mind talking about mental health. I feel that it's important. I feel that schools should have this at their at their uh, disposal, and just seeing some of the stuff that's going on where they're rejecting mental health in schools and you know the funding, it breaks my heart. Because when tragedies happen in schools, it the first thing everybody says, it's mental health. But if it's mental health, then why would you not put the resources and finances to that particular situation to help these kids, help adults? Do what you have to do because it's real, y'all. Reality happens. And with everything that we've dealt with as a nation, as a country... Even in our everyday lives, mental health matters. Have self-awareness to, to make sure you're in a safe space. Please do your part. Seek help. Kids, it's okay to not be okay. I know my niece and nephew is going to be listening to the show. I love y'all. I love my niece and nephew I really do they they changed me for the better they my niece saved me I have a different perspective through a child's eyes now because they came into my life at a time where my world was going to flip upside down along with theirs in a short period of time to see how they've grown from a year old my nephew being a year old at the time and my niece being a six week uh, newborn. It's they've been a blessing in my life. I, I say that much. They are the reason and the inspiration behind this journey into the chaotic sports podcast. I thank them. I love them with all my heart. This is for them. Everything I do from here on out is from my niece and nephew. They've been. My best friends in times that I didn't have friends. And I I know that sounds strange. But if I were a child, I'd be their best friend. I would open my heart and welcome you with open arms. That's that's just the the makeup of my my personality. I'm not going to judge someone based upon their beliefs and what and what not. I don't I may not know you from Adam and Eve, but if I see your you're going through something or you inbox me like, hey, you know, how do you go about, you know, seeking help for, you know, seeking help for mental health? Go to a therapist, you know, self-care, you know, you know, do do what you need to do. Don't don't neglect your mental health. Take care of your mentals because life happens. Stress, anxiety, depression all play a role in our everyday life. And when we don't address these situations, it can lead to self-harm. And what I mean by self-harm, suicide, and overdose of, 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 of narcotics. All that weighs on the body, ladies and gentlemen. It weighs on the mind, the body, and the spirit. I'm just, I'm in awe 
I just want to say thank you to all of you who listen to the show. It means a lot to me, to my uh, my mom, my my biggest supporter in this process of going back to school. And she was excited for me to, you know, be on a podcast network and whatnot. My niece and nephew, like I said, they they're they're my biggest inspiration my biggest source of inspiration i i don't know where i would be without them because like i said they saved me from my world being flipped upside down because at that particular moment in time my life changed the day that i helped my six week six week old niece and heard her cry for the first time i gained a new perspective i heard her she melted my heart per se and we have a very very close relationship because we've been through so much together and as she got older she started dealing with you know separation anxiety and we kind of coached one another and i've you know I always tell her you know if if you ever feel anxious or depressed just you know you can call me you just know that I work nights, so you got to call me sometime during that mid-afternoon, late afternoon when I get ready for work. But she's she's my she's my source of inspiration. I I love my niece. I I love her with all my heart. My nephew, even though he gets on my nerves sometimes because he wants to have the last say and he's a little boy and whatnot, but he knows where I stand when I draw the line in the sand. But I love him too because at the end of the day, kids are a reflection of who we are or who we were as kids ourselves. But that's all the time we have for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again from the depths of my heart for listening. Hope you all have a good night. Have a good week. Enjoy the the weather and your location. Our thoughts and continued prayers are for the Tampa region and through the Gulf Coast who have been affected by Hurricane Ian. Please, please stay safe. And that's all for tonight, folks. Y'all be easy. I see y'all next week. Peace out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.